Hey everybody, it's Mikey D. Welcome to my stoop. It feels like yesterday when we roamed this lost world. Our little town amidst a giant city. Quiet, crazy, wild, and sometimes lonely. Never boring, yet at times it was. It was a place where characters roamed and lived bizarre tales. Yet these were not works of mythology, and it's all tattooed on my mind. So sit back, and let me tell you the stories of this ancient city. Let's hang out together on the Stoops of Atlantis. Like parapets overseeing the lands of a kingdom, the roofs of Atlantis provided a unique perspective that not even the famed Stoops could. The roofs were off limits and dangerous. They were cool and mysterious, and on summer days baked as tar beach. The sky overhead was bigger, and the street below was one single strip that could be viewed whole, like through the eyes of a god. You were up there with the birds, the free ones that landed and peered down from the ledge searching for distant crumbs, or the gangs of pigeons and coops that dotted those roofs in those days. As kids, we did things that today would cause parents multiple coronaries and miles of bureaucratic red tape as parents are sued and arrested for letting the kids be adventurous. And today they'd probably be sued by their own parents. So we lived in a brownstone, and up the hallway at the top was a ladder that led to the roof. But often that was a bit too easy. And besides, I was officially not allowed to go to the roof, and since that was the official way up, I figured, well, I had to find an unofficial way that I could get away with. Yeah, kids' logic, I guess. You see, the reason us kids were all pretty skinny and in good shape back then was because of the crazy, nutty crap we did. And I had figured out my unofficial way to get up to the roof. And it became almost automatic. With almost Olympic gymnast grace, I would climb atop that metal protrusion around which was wrapped our garden hose, and from there a foot onto the window gate, a hand on the bar, a pole, a grab to the bottom of the fire escape, one hand, two hands, full body pull up, feet grab, hold, wrap legs around over the first four escape bars, then up two flights, hoping not to scare the crap out of Miss Francis on the second floor or the nuns on the top. Christopher was usually a few steps behind me. It's okay, Grandma, it's me, he'd yell back as Miss Francis protested. Then up the ladder. Now the top of the ladder was actually the scariest part. It sort of leaned backwards, and there was a 40 foot fall looming behind us. But fear schmear. Just one more big step, and there I was, on the roof. I had to stand and just take it all in for a moment. The landscape is so different than at ground level. You see a black sea with odd sculptures of brick chimneys and metal twisted antennas. And there were those magical pink spheres of lost and roofed spaldines. You see, roofing a ball was a great accomplishment. 
you had grasped that little rubber planetoid, gaze up at the cosmic distance of the rooftop, rear back with your skinny arm and attempt to launch it into orbit. And Earth usually won as gravity arched it back to the Earth along with your ego. Until that one day, that magical moment when the orbit took it up and over the ledge. So see, not only was the sky and the perspective different from the rooftop, the ground you walked on was different as well, especially when the hot sun of July and August softened the tar. It was sort of like walking across a partially inflated air mattress. And then there's that smell of baking tar that fills your nostrils. And it's not a bad smell per se. It's a smell that instantly identifies a place and locks it in memory. Like the smell of the ocean or pine trees or zeppelis. Or even that moldy old cigar smell of your aunt and uncle's apartment. Each step on the roof was electrified with excitement. Each step closer to the ledge sent a heartbeat racing. You'd carefully lean over and vertigo would spin your head. And rooftops were where used fireworks went to die. There would be old spent bottle rockets to be found, silver jet carcasses, and of course lots of pigeon poop, clumps of leaves, and windblown plastic bags. So, so why don't we go up there? Well, what do you think? It had to be sinister, devious, mischievous, and often it involved what we called assassinations. Now, Idle Minds is the laboratory of dark humor. You're sitting on the stoop with a friend. You just drank a soda and a full pack of now waiters. That sugar has to go somewhere. Right into the brain where the imagination is fueled. Hey, I got an idea. Let's put a hit out on Joe. Okay, why not? So we'd get a bunch of my mom's old magazines and cut letters out to make a threatening note. You know those kind of notes you see on old police shows? I could still recall the one we left for Joe. It said something like, Watch the skies. It's where death will rain down. And then we dropped this colorful, mischievous missive into his gate and then headed up to my roof with a bag of pigeon peas and two large straws and a few water balloons and an egg or two. And we crouched down along the wall that faced 118 and peeking down every so often to spot our victim. Now, Joe, of course, was our friend. I mean, we didn't have a beef with him. We were just bored. We decided he would be the fun target and he would insist on revenge, which made it all the more fun. And then we heard his front gate open and our devilish hearts raced. I looked over the ledge. Yeah, Joe had the note in his hand, and I think he was chuckling. He walked down to the middle of the street and looked roofward. I looked to Scott, we nodded. One, two, three, the water balloons flew. Joe danced and waved. Eggs dropped from the sky like a bird that couldn't make it to the nest. Crack, splat, miss. Then we loaded our mouth with peas and let volley after volley fly from the straws, like some overpriced, devastating weapon dreeped up by dogs. Peas bounced in slow motion off the asphalt like hailstones. We laughed. It was a goof. And we had killed another hour. A few buildings down from mine lived a man named Tony. He's a terrific man who sadly recently passed. His nickname was the Birdman. Though in actuality, he loved all animals. He was one of the last holdouts to operate an honest-to-god old-school pigeon coop. It sat on the roof towards the street side of the building, and it comfortably housed maybe 20 pigeons, aka rock doves. See, pigeons are often the butt of jokes, the flying rats, etc. But they are quite beautiful with varying plumes. Many have that shimmery green and purple around their necks and upper body. Others are pure white or speckled with tan spots. 
pigeons. And there were all kinds of terms and names and designations for the pigeons and their flight patterns, etc. Me, I just liked watching them soar in great circles around Tony's building. If I was on the roof, I would watch as he used this long pole to conduct, like some great ornithological orchestra, his flock. There were still coops on hidden rooftops in the outer burrows, but keeping pigeons is falling under the umbrella of a lost art, like reading analog clocks, cursive writing, and good pop music. Birds. The rooftops could also be a place to meditate and relax and clear the mind. On hot days, you'd bring a lounge chair up and soak in the rays on Tar Beach. Nice, quiet, peaceful. I recall Tar Beach once when I was 17 or so. I set up the chair, radio beside me, a drink. Ah, relaxing time. Oh wait, this was East Harlem. What's that guy aiming at me from the big building across the street? Was that, was that a 357 Magnum? Yeah, probably. I glanced his way and oddly I felt no threat. And I just lied back and closed my eyes to the sun. I guess it was his idea of humor. I, I guess. Funny how? I mean, what's funny about it? <laughs> Tommy, no, you got it all wrong. Eh? Oh, oh, Anthony. He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? You're right. Funny how? And the rooftops could be a creepy place, and it can serve as a secret walkway for burglars. If you ever read The Alienist, rooftop traveling was actually a thing. A waiter mostly covertly traveled the city, or at least the neighborhood. And I remember in the late 80s, there was a series of burglaries on my street, all top floor apartments. So obviously, the rooftop was the dark path for this misguided soul. One day, just after sunset, my buddy Joe's mom screamed out in the backyard as she spotted this interloper climbing the fire escape of the building just west of mine. So what do we do? Do we call the cops? No, my wacky friend calls me from his second floor window to join him on his fire escape. I climb up like a chimp and out comes a BB rifle, which I take in hand. He had one for himself. And up the metal steps, up the ladder, and atop the sky-high tarway, like a couple of Starsky and Hutch wannabes, we patrolled the rooftop for baddies. It's probably a good thing the coast was clearing and vanished. When I got married and moved to the Upper East Side, our apartment included roof rights. And over the years, I've transformed the special space into my own chili pepper garden, writing space, workspace, party space, and just peaceful paradise of contemplation. Just six flights up, surrounded by tall apartment towers, it's still one of my favorite places to be. When this old world starts getting me down and people are just too much for me to face, I climb way up to the top of the stairs. And all my cares just drift right into space. I'll climb way up to the top of the stairs, and all my cares just drift right into space. On the roof, it's peaceful as can be. Thanks for listening in to the Stoops of Atlantis with Mikey D. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to rate it on whatever app you're using. And you could also leave a message at the Facebook page or contact me at stoopsmail at yahoo.com. Until next time. Mm-hmm.